Hey, with this is Noah and John from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan. And today we're at Corcoran, and we got Mark and Claudia from. Hey guys, Thanks for joining. You guys are big time producers, so I want to get right to the point. This show is about extracting those insights on what you're seeing on the streets of Manhattan. So let's start high level. What's what's going on? What's happening? You want to start? For us, we're very busy, which is interesting. We had our second best year in 2018, although that's not typical of what's going on. Correct. Um, disconnect between buyers and sellers, obviously. Yep. Um, trying to bring them all together. I'm speaking to sellers much more frequently than ever before. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, really updating them. Claudia is really good at keeping track of everything in spreadsheets so that she's getting those to our sellers every single Tuesday. Right. And then we are able to say, here's what's going on, here's the data, right. what do you think we should do? And because she's doing that so well, I think we're getting uh, price reductions in a much better fashion than we've ever done. So this is very interesting. So you, this is a practice you've been doing for a long time. I mean, we find it more and more to We learned it actually when we we're doing new development. Okay. But we tell them, because yeah. developers really want to know everything about that buyer when you come across. Right. Like everything, what they've seen, what they did. So we really like bond with the buyer and the mm-hmm. agent. Like, tell me what you're looking for. So like right. how long you've been looking, like, you know, what are your expectations? And, and then we tell them, why do you think this apartment would be priced? Why would you think the seller would give it to you at this price? Right. Like we really dig. Yeah. You have to really dig in in today's market. Especially in today's and market. And these, these are questions you're asking at open houses, generally speaking, to buyers that are coming through or just- Audi is asking before she, before she even shows to. them. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're it's dead amazing. in the water. She's really You really have to, I think most of my, you know, my colleagues, like you have to ask and you have to contact them again and again because right. the thing is is that the you have to understand I think what sellers are finally by the time they see your apartment and they see everything else in the market because it's right. saturated right right then they forget about your apartment right they forget about how great so you have to really continuously call them back and let them know the values of, of obtaining even even if it's just to get some insights on how your property is versus the pool, I guess, that you're competing mm-hmm. against, and then you're passing all this information to the seller, right? Yes. So everyone understands. Right. Passing to the seller, and you're explaining, hey, listen, I'm bringing the people in. Here's what they're saying. Right. I'm passing it on to you. You got to start listening to them. And we find time. out exactly what they right. went if they yeah. if they bought something else, if they they're a pause in their search, right. if they maybe decided to go to Florida because of taxes or whatever it is. Like right. we tell them everything, and that really makes it real to them and right. that's how they're able to like say I gotta bring my price down. Now I'm oftentimes gonna, they're yeah. getting to the point that they're telling us, hey I think yeah. we should lower the price. So right. it works very well. So one thing we learned after we owned our own company for ten years. Right. And that was Mark and, David New York, right? Well it was Mark David and Company. And company. We had recruited, hired and trained over eleven 1, hundred agents over that 10-year period Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that we would see from a lot of our sellers and landlords is that the agents didn't communicate to them as often as they'd like to and as clearly as they'd like to so what we devised is a way that we update our sellers to a point in writing that they really can't even have any questions where they almost go hey I think we should lower this I see 37 people saw the apartment and 26 of them said that they didn't, it should be lowered because it didn't have good views or it had you know, different things and it's tremendously helpful. At the very least, it's a case study on using actual data and, and yes. actual client's yeah. information yeah. to yeah. manage your expectations yeah. of your client and get that price cut to expedite the transaction. Because it's a very yeah. emotional process yeah. as we yeah. all know, yeah. a seller selling their apartment and yeah. then for them to have to lower that price. So by using the 
honest data, right. if they're a reasonable person, they can see, okay, I And as brokers, I, you really need to understand their, the seller's motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that doesn't come across so upfront, right, right, when you're meeting a seller, right? So for instance, I had this one listing in Tribeca. We showed about like, I don't know, 24, 30 people. Mm -hmm. I finally had given them, you know, like, and that was like in a three month span at mm -hmm. that time last year. And mm -hmm. I told them, hey, we got a 4.4250 offer, yeah. you know, they wanted 4750. They're like, well, that's not good for me. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna sell. Right. And that's totally okay because they knew, they had 30 people, they knew exactly what they were all saying. Right. And what they needed in order to make that move, they right. were, so they just decided to just stay with their I, home. I think sellers are concerned that if they show, it's like a poker hand, right? So if right. they show any kind of act of desperation to the broker that's coming in, that broker's gonna sense it and probably price it maybe so that it might benefit him. It might not be like the highest. Right. Even though I'm a big believer that if you price this low or you price it down, the market will do its own thing. Right. And you'll get a bidding war. Let me and give you an example. Okay. We have a listing right now on Park Avenue. We launched it four or five days ago. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. 6950000 We have 33 people who have asked to see it already. <laughs> right. 33 it's, people it's in this crazy. market. Is it on the market? Or it's, it's on the market. It's on the market. Okay, so you've shown it to 33 people already or you have the requests? We're, 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 okay. so we're instead, we're, we've got most of them, but we've, the next day or two, we'll be through all of them. Right. We, the owner is a, he's a developer of ours. He listened to us. He wanted to place it much higher. Yeah. We told him just like, you, you understand, That's it's great. just like a stock, Yeah. right? If the stock drops to a certain price, everyone, oh my God, yeah. it's a very efficient market. Everyone knows they think what things are worth. They know. It'll bid it up. You, it's almost, I don't want to say it's impossible to underprice an asset, mm -hmm. but when you have a really good one, like a $7 million apartment almost, right. people are smart about right. buying $7 million apartments. Yeah. They know what everything is worth. Every single one has walked through there. Even if they said it wasn't for them, right. they're like, this apartment is beautiful. You're really smart the way you priced it. Right. You're going to sell this right away. It's still very good validation yeah. of where you price. And that's the most, right. that's the trickiest the, part of our job. And it could be, one the thing, thing is, right I think now. people like generalize, right? Like it could be at any price point. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's these general market news, like the high end isn't selling or this isn't selling. That's just, I, I hate, like that's why I don't even listen to market news. Right. Because it's product specific. It's product specific. Yeah. It's product, it's like location, it's also like how it's well geographically the specific it's to just, yeah. what part of Manhattan you're talking about? Are you yeah. talking about in the you know 500 to a million? Are you talking about above 10 million? Are you, you know what it is? This down yeah. cycle, this, this has been a crazy down cycle. And we were talking about this yeah, off yeah. camera before we started. And this is this has not been a fast, swift, no. 2008, 2009 credit slow. crisis. This has been a slow, progressive, <laughs> death by a thousand cuts. We're sitting bleeding, right? Yeah. We might be in a little bit of a downtrend right now, for all I know, it just feels like the market's a little sluggish. But then again, you have your own window of transactions and you're, you're strong, right. you know? But so. I'm doing it for 26 years, Cloudy's right. doing it for 18 years, so right. we have 44 years of relationships and experience. Right. So we seem, we had our second best year ever That's last great. year. Mm -hmm. We seem to thrive when the market is a little more challenging. Any tips, any tip, you've been, you have all this exposure, let's say you have young agents out there, Oh, you I want to grow the business. Well, go for it. it. What do you want? Stop texting. Stop texting and do what? <laughs> oh my God. Get more one-on-one -on -one meeting with your clients mm -hmm. at a coffee shop or at lunch. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let me, let me make it more personal. Make it more personal. And I think that what's happening is it's like, you know, it's just like touch and go. Right. Mm -hmm. And people feel like the sellers or like even the buyers, like they feel lost. They don't know 
who they can trust. And this is really where you can build that trust and that relationship. It's a relationship business. Totally agree At the that. bottom line, it's a relationship yeah. business. And you have to get that literal FaceTime, not you the yes. like, yeah. Or like a phone call. Yeah. You know, and the, the reason why I'm telling you this week, when we did, when we had our office, you mm-hmm. know, we had to like depend on, you know, like 60 agents, right? Doing a follow through the way we would, right? right? And then when you get like the younger, right? Like the younger agents, they don't do that. Yeah. They don't even follow. <laughs> like, it's a different world, yeah. And you know, like every marketing technique that, that they're very successful, you do one, two, three. So what's the worst that could happen? They hang up on you. Or they right. get upset. You start over again. You are what I'm saying? And it's like, right. you just have to be tenacious in this market. Yeah, and we're also hearing that you have to be friendly with your fellow co-brokers and you have to yeah. get intel from your fellow co-brokers. Absolutely. It's, it's a, especially in this market. with yeah. the other agents is extremely important and working together and making sure you're rowing the boat in the same direction. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're on a deal and they're your counterpart, you're still working together. Yeah. You want to bring together a deal that every works for everybody. So our, our deals in general, I mean, let's just take out that, that one isolated one that you're priced right and you're getting a ton of traffic. That's great. Um, Looking at the whole thing, I mean, are sellers still, I mean, is, is there a gap between bid and ask for sellers? Mixed. Okay, so, so give me a little color on what you're seeing. It's mixed, there. right? It's well, mixed first of all, there's a flight to quality. So if an apartment is of high quality, or it is of a unique character, or it is priced well, mm-hmm. then it does well. If it's a typical apartment, in, and it's priced just like everything else, cookie cutter, all, cookie cutter, it is what it is. It's, yeah. you're, you're gonna, yes, you're going to sit for a while. I think we were just saying 100 days on the market is the... Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it. It's 100 days on the market. Yeah. And the last time we were here was in mid-2012. Every one of our real-time metrics is putting us right around mid-2012, early 2012 levels. It's really interesting. I got all these different stats, and they're all kind of suggesting that the, the forces, the market forces, the real-time stuff, not the sales stuff, but the real-time stuff like, like supply, days on market, pending sales, the market pulse, all puts us back at about seven years ago, at about wow. early to mid-2012. And if you think you were in that market then, you know, we, we had the crisis, right? 2008, 2009, 2009 was terrible, right? <laughs> Some people got some good deals. But then we started coming back in 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013, 14, and 15 were just nuts, yeah. right? You remember the market back then? Of course. Okay, how, how is the market different today versus 2013, 14, 15, in your opinion? It was way, for us, it was way better. I mean, we had just sold our company to town at that time. Right. And we had ramped up all our sales. I mean, mm. it was a lot easier for us to, right. I remember it was like. Well, you were listings, were you listing a based company? Were you a rentals based company at the time? We, we, when we owned our company, we were primarily a residential rental company. Always mm-hmm. trying to break into sales. And then when we sold our company, we got involved working as agents again. We got into the higher end of the market. Right. I mean, I think the 2013, 14 market was like a scarcity-driven market. Yeah, was, if was you had a listing, it was it was flying off the shelves. That's right. So, I mean, now yes. there's a tremendous amount of inventory. Yeah. Buyers are, I think, overwhelmed by where they what they should make the decision on. Mm-hmm. They take like. Claudia said, they go and see the 30 different things. By the time they come back, they don't even remember your apartment because they're seeing so many things. It's hard for them to make a decision. I think there should be two separate markets, right? Then when we're looking at this, I think the new development market should be handled separately than the resale market for people to really get what's going on. And because the new development market, you know, like right now, like we have a lot of high-end condos closing from like previous years, right? So the numbers are going to be really, really high and that's not... Really, what's going on? Yeah, that you happened, always like, talk about that. You know, like yeah. that happened like not you know, a long time ago. So, when you're doing comparables and 
you know, for a client, you're pitching a client, it's like really like, don't look at the new development. But I yeah. do want to disclose that these new development companies, they're doing deals. Yeah, yeah. They're doing hey, deals. Like, we, we, we think that that's the place to be right now. Right. You're a buyer, like that's the new developments, they're down already and you're still getting deals. And you're deals. still getting a deal. Yeah. And, and you're, still- you're, seeing, you're seeing developers sending out emails We'll give you three and a half percent, and then we'll give you four percent, and we'll pay you um, as soon as you sign a contract. You don't have to wait till we close. I'm waiting for the I Teslas mean, to start getting rolled in. When they start offering some Teslas, I mean, no, when you, you start know, to see you know that really, storage cage, you get the wine storage. <laughs> you know, you get these these things thrown in the. But the smart thing that I think the developers are doing right is just giving like the contractors, like you know, like the with the amenities, like yeah. they're paying that for new buyers, like a year yeah. or two years. So I think that's that's what's really valuable. Yeah. Because people don't want to have that. And then, you know. You know, I, I, was, I was talking about this on a different podcast. And you know what? If I was a buyer three, four years ago and I got priced out of the market, and I said, you know what? I'm going to rent. And right now, now I'm back buying again. Those people know. They, they know. see they're it. Trying. And they're like, damn, this market <laughs> is different. But brand new buyers, which is probably the bulk of the buyer pool right, out right. there right now, they don't know. They don't know That's right. relative how how the leverage is in their favor right now versus three, four years Listen, listen right, I'm almost, have always been a listing agent, I would say primarily, mm-hmm. and now I am, you know, Claudia's saying, we need to be sold all our listings. We have yeah. like 14 or 15 listings, we sold most of them, we have just three or four left, right. well, because we got a couple of new ones. I'm like, I don't want too many listings right, right. now. I am loving working with buyers, because I'd much rather go with a buyer to a $10 million property and get it for seven, right. than go and tell my seller, Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm not yeah. getting it to him. I'm only giving you seven, right. and he wants to kill me. Let me tell you, it right. is, yeah. it's fantastic. There's always business. You just have to know what to focus on and who to focus on. That's right. my thing you were saying about giving a new agent. I am so focused yeah. on if I'm working on a, a listing, it's because I know it's a listing that I can sell. Right. And I just don't let it go until it's done or if I'm with a buyer. Right. I do not stop until I I mean, you I re- get that you refined your craft. I think a lot of agents have trouble getting over the hump because this is one of those markets where you need experience. You need to work. You, you, you need to learn the intricacies of this market yeah. to be able to have the knowledge and the insight and the wisdom. I mean, the tech stuff is great. It helps a lot. You can see the stats, but interpreting these stats relative to like, again, how the market was three, four, five years ago. Because you're gonna go look at a building and you're gonna see some sales from two, three, four years ago and you're gonna to have to have that conversation on how the market's changed, you know? Um, I, you mentioned resale. Look, on Urban Digs, you can divide up resale, new and recent development. And I have this chart called the market pulse. Love that. It's, it's a really cool, it tells you which way the leverage is going and if it goes up, the market's strong, if it goes down, the market's weak. And right now, the market pulse for the resale market is 0.42. If I go to market-wide, which includes new developments, which is right. what you were saying, it's 0.37, so it's lower. Yeah. And if I only go to new and recent development, do I actually have it? It's 0.28. It's wow. Lower. What, so what is, how does this compare to a few years ago? I'm well, curious, so, so let's click on it. So let's do the lowest in years. So let's click on it. And there, I mean, look at this I one. I love this your is, charts. It's, I mean, look, new and recent development, I mean, you're at 0.27. I like to go all the way back and be like, where were we? And again, it's early 2012. But right. look at that. Look at look at the golden years. Look yeah, how, the golden right. years. This is the golden years. Yeah. 2013, 2015, when this market pulse was almost close to one. Right. Meaning there was a one-to-one ratio between deals in contract and deals for sale. And it's just been like a progressive, slow, yeah, slow. kind of... And so it's like the it's like the leverage is at the best point for buyers. It has been. It keeps getting better as time goes on. But you were right about that. Yesterday, we were at... Um, one of Corp and Sunshine's developments, uh, 25 Park Row, right? And mm-hmm. I asked them, you know, 
who are your people that are you're, they're, they're transacting and they're doing deals in that building, which is the Park Row. It's actually a vibrant area right mm-hmm. now, which I'm so excited about. Um, and they said a lot of the renters in the area have been purchasing. Right. Because, they've been, like you said, they've been renting for a long time. And they see it, yeah. And they, they see, see it. They trying to jump in and get really a deal. Came, this, this building came out of the gate. Yeah. Really well priced and so forth and great layouts. Right. And, like, right in front of a park. And it's like people are, I think people are being more open to the buyer today. Like, if they're looking for new development, yeah. let me get the best value. Right. And a great quality building. Right. If it's just, like... Mm-hmm. together you know how some developments are and really nothing that special about it those right. are the ones lingering right it's, it's, a, it's a very down. good point yeah. I want to shift really quick to sellers let's say I have a seller that did not price right okay mm-hmm. um, is it a traffic thing like all right when 20 people come through here that's when I know of no offer or is it a timing thing all right it's been four or five weeks six weeks like how do you determine when to have that that really serious price discussion conversation. And again, let's just take the the more extreme side of the case. So a friend of ours who's in the business was asking us a, a question, <laughs> something about that in our apartment the other day. And I said, you know, I don't have a set answer, just like I don't deal with this buyer or this seller the same way I deal with this yeah. buyer. Yeah. So it depends on that particular Person. situation. And, and you have to deal with every situation appropriately for that situation. It really depends. Right. I mean, listen, if, if you don't have any traffic, that's a problem because then you really you really messed up as a. But problem. if you're having traffic and, and if you're having traffic and you're not getting any offers, well, that's a different issue. But you have right. to be able to mix the two together and feel them out. But if you again, if you set up proper expectations with the seller, number one is don't go in. You know, a lot of agents what I call buy listings. Mm-hmm. You know, they go in, they tell them it's worth ten yeah. when it's worth eight. I go in and say right. it's eight, and then they don't use me. Right. And then you know. Six months later, they're like, "Hey, you were right." And, and, and let's and just just to elaborate on that point right here. Um, the public needs to know is that that hurts us because now that seller brought in this 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 broker that that's trying to buy the listing. Yeah. And they're telling them it's worth ten when in reality all the comps all the data suggests eight. And now that seller is just kind of anchored and they're poisoned to that ten number, thinking, "Well, what if you know maybe this guy's got some guy in Russia or something that's looking right. to put some money to work and I'll get you ten million. You know, it's crazy. And like you said, this is a very efficient market. Yeah. If you price a property, let's say you price it a little bit below what it's worth, you're going to have yeah. people coming, more traffic coming, more people bidding. Yeah. If, I, listen, you don't have to sell it if you don't like the price that you get. No, I totally agree. But it's agree. a much better strategy yeah. to price something, what it's actually worth, right at the number, than, you know, trying to price it above. And that, that seller who priced it at 10 when it said it's at 8. Yeah. Now he's going to end up getting way less than if he would have priced it at eight originally. Right, because because then you got to start the price reduction thing, and then, and then you're the buyers start market down, and yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, what's the matter with that property? It's been on the market six months. There's right. four price right. drops." I mean, I think the high level point is here is you got to create a sense of urgency, and you got to create a sense of urgency whether it's by the product being beautiful or by the price being beautiful, or I guess a, a rare combination of the two. Um, I mean, this but market. You could do. You could. You could actually have like because I, I track everything, so I'm like data driven too but between 10 and 20 appointments you should have some interest okay in that's that's what I'm looking at so like, you get 20 you people should, through there 10 to 20 you usually like you can gauge whether you priced it right or like you know how the market is responding how long it's gonna like I think like what you can't gauge is like how long it's gonna take to get those 10 to 20 appointments right. you know depending on the price point and apartment so forth right. but like that more or less like between 20 to 25 people 
you should have an offer. Right. Yeah. Especially and if you're talking to them as they come through and you understand yeah. everything about them. You and should yeah, know And you start really like engaging right. with them. Like, you know, listen, I, we've gone to so many, but I have buyers, you know, and they're, the broker won't speak to you. They won't speak to your client. Sometimes your buyer goes like this. I don't like that broker. I'm not buying it. Yeah, oh my God. I mean, like, that happens a lot. Amazing, that happens a lot as well. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And I always prep my buyers and I like this and, I really want you to look at the home. Don't pay attention to the broker yeah. too much, and don't engage in question and because whatever you say, I represent you. Right. You know, whatever you say, just know that that broker is representing the seller. Right, right. You know, any questions you have, let me know, and I will put them in a detailed email for you. That's right. right. That's like the broker Miranda writes. Anything you say can and will be used. <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's very true because then also go with a different mindset and they're not paying attention to the broker being you know as part yeah. of the list and if the broker's a mean one they're going to get turned off and it might be a good property and they do get turned off I mean, people turned say off. i'm not buying that property and, because i don't like hey listen they got crazy. people got pride in new york yeah. we got that little thing called pride and if somebody <laughs> pisses me off you know what i'm not going to buy this place i'm not going to give you the, yeah. the satisfaction of taking my offer <laughs> i mean listen this market doesn't operate in the vacuum if something is not trading it's either yeah. a market problem which i kind of think we have a product problem, which right. is like a first floor, unrenovated, You'll no know what if you got it. Yeah, you know what if you got yeah. it. Or it's a price problem. And nine times yeah. out of the ten, it's mostly a price problem. Mostly. The problem is now we're dealing with a market problem, and now we're playing for balance. So now you have to balance it. So the agent's job is that much harder because now you have to balance this, this, these two elements. Um, this is great stuff. We're just about to wrap up here. Any final tips that you want to give out to anyone? Buyers, sellers, agents, any closing remarks? Um, even though it's a buyer's market, like to give buyers this, um, no, even though it is a buyer's market, you still have to be likable, mm-hmm. right? And your agent has to really show, hey, this buyer really loves your home and because it is emotional, yeah. right? And a seller, I think, really wants to sell it to someone who really appreciates their home, right. more or less. And I think that's what they don't know sometimes as a... They'll, they'll say things. They, 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 they always love to have that dream that it's the yeah. perfect buyer buying their home. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they get that offer. You know, and it's a mean person that probably take it. Yeah. You know, what about you? Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. The everyone, you know, of course, we still have buyers sometimes who are like, well, I'm trying to time waiting for the bottom. By the time the news, the media, and you think it's at the bottom, it's already (laughs) going back up. We are. We are. It's a very good time for buyers. I think you said it it hasn't been like this in seven years. Yeah. It's a good time to buy right now. And and the, the bottom line is, if you see an apartment you like. You don't have to wait to the bottom of the market. Right. Make your offer. Price it you in. Price that right. in and, and either you're going to get it or not. Jump yeah. in. And right. if, you're estab- if you're establishing all price range, you think we're going out 5%, bid 5% lower, get an engagement. See yeah. what's up. That's right. Exactly. Brian Meyer said the exact same thing, and I respect the crap out of him, and he's a great, great I love producer. Brian. Yeah, this is awesome. Claudia, Mark, from this is great. Thank you so much. We're at Corcoran. This is Noah and John. We're talking Manhattan, and we will right. see you awesome. next time. Hey, good